This series is going to be right up your alley in regard to really maximizing who you are. My good friend, Pastor Brian Holmes, I know you don't like when I call you pastor. I've been called worse. But for me, it's a term <laughs> of endearment. Uh, I just have high regard for you. Thank Highly you. honor this message. Likewise. I'm very excited today because we have five episodes coming up for you talking about the four cornerstones of strategic living. I'm going to pitch it over to you. Tell me a little bit about what we can expect over these next couple of episodes. Well, let me give you a bit of a background. For so, sure. as you referred to me as pastor, I pastored for 27 years. And so, uh, when you pastor, you do have a slight bit of engagement with people. <laughs> you and should, so, anyways. So, so, you learn a little <laughs> bit about, about how that whole thing works. And obviously, you see a lot of scenarios in life. Uh, life deals all kinds of situations, but generally, people are the same all over the world. And uh, having gone through my own process of personal healing and development and what have you, uh, the, the deeper I got into the people business, especially pastoring, the, the more I recognized as a spiritual leader, man, we are focusing so much on, on one component of this, but yet we're almost excusing people from good. This, this responsibility to, to mine, if you will, who am I? Why am I here? I love it. What does God have for me? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how am I wired? How, why am I uniquely qualified to do certain things? What level of so influence good. or impact should I be having here? And I'm like, we're not. To me, that's discipleship. Yeah, that's good. And so I, as a as a young leader, I began to really explore how does this thing work? What does it look like? Now, I'm not a big formula guy. But I do believe it's it's good to have frameworks that people can work within. Yeah, I like so this, the way you phrase that. Mm -hmm. This idea of the four cornerstones for strategic living came to me just in, in a way to say, okay, if, if I'm building my life on a, a foundation, mm -hmm. how should that foundation be constructed? What are the key components that, frankly, are non-negotiable? It's really good. Uh, you know, if you have a, a four-legged chair, right, and you bust one out from under it, uh, you're going to have a problem. You could probably make it work, and, but you'd be expending a great deal of energy to keep that one leg propped up, correct? <laughs> yes, you would be. If you've got a three-legged stool and you lose one. So what happens is this this idea of four cornerstones, there's probably 15 cornerstones we could talk about, I guess. But, right. Uh, but my deal is four, by golly. <laughs> uh, but this is what God gave me, and it's it's very a very simple concept. And for me, it's just a framework people can plug into and think about and use this as a guide, as a roadmap to how do I construct the life? How do I participate with the life that God saw when He created me? That's good. And then what responsibility do I have to mine that, to develop that, and to mm -hmm. grow that? So that's how this whole thing came about. That's good. I love it. I love that in this message, obviously, I have read the book. He's written a book called The Four Cornerstones mm -hmm. of Strategic Living. You can find it on Amazon. Quick little book, yeah. Awesome. And yeah, and it is a very quick little book, and it's very, but very, very relevant and very practical. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that if you are in business, this applies to you. If you're in ministry, this That's applies right. to you. This applies to your relationships. Um, I love that you talked about that foundation because I agree with that so much. And taking and, and I've I talk a little bit about the four cornerstones. I quote you in my book, Enforcing Purpose. Thank you. And enforcing you, we talk a lot about the the first two cornerstones. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. Mm -hmm. And then enforcing purpose, we talk about the second two 
cornerstones. So it's been super relevant for me personally, but also in my practice with my clients in the books that I'm writing. So I really appreciate this message. So uh, thank you for that. I'm, yeah. I'm honored. I mean, just working with you over these last number of years has been remarkable and to see the work that you're doing, uh, not just based on some of the things you've heard from me, but, mm -hmm. but gosh, your own revelation, your own understanding and expounding on that has been remarkable. One of the things that, that I'm challenged with is uh, the, the term strategic living. Let's talk about yeah. why that word, why that word's important. Uh, I could have said the four cornerstones for intentional living. Okay, I find, and, and this goes back to all the data I've gathered just from experience over the years, mm -hmm. I find, Lisa, that so many people live their lives on autopilot. That's good. And the autopilot settings are not set to a great destination. They're just taking them, <laughs> they're taking them somewhere, and wherever we land up, yeah. it's going to be okay. It's we'll wonderful. We'll just go with it's the great. wind. Yeah, and, and, so, and I use that term just because I'm, I'm a certified pilot, as you know, and I, I understand that world. And, you know, autopilot's a wonderful thing because you can kind of take your hands off of it. You can, you just, you're just monitoring the gauges, making sure things are going the right direction. When I'm talking about people living their lives on autopilot, uh, especially Christians, if I might add, uh, when we get saved and we, we come to the Lord and we, you know, have our sins washed away, praise God, all that stuff's wonderful. It's almost like we reach over and push a button. Now I'm saved. And so life's just going to come to me. It's going to mm -hmm. just going to get up mm -hmm. every day and do the mm -hmm. thing and see where it takes mm -hmm. me. And we there's no intentionality. There's no mining. What is the will of God? What mm -hmm. is the what is the purpose of so God? Good. What are we trying to get after here? Mm -hmm. How, what is my part in this? How do I make sure that I'm prepared and, and equipped and and uh, ready to fulfill the assignment that God's mm -hmm. given me? We just we just get up and do the thing. We go to church on Sundays. We might go to Bible study on Wednesdays. And if we're super, super spiritual, we're part of a small group somewhere, right? <laughs> and so uh, I'm just, I mean, but I'm my, saying- My friend calls that white picket fence Christianity. It, it, it is. <laughs> and I'm and, like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. And so, and then- <laughs> The American it, gospel. <laughs> if you want to look at it in a different context, you know, uh, people, uh, the, the, the in, in America especially, you know, the idea is you, you go to elementary school, junior high school, mm -hmm, high school, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and by the time you're a freshman in high school, grown adults who are supposed to have common sense are asking a 14, 15-year-old, so where are you going to go to school? And what are you going to major in? What are you going to do with your life? As if a 14, 15-year-old even has a clue at this point, because no one's told them mm -hmm. how to pursue discovering their purpose or their yes. identity. Uh, but the expectation is go to college, get a degree, get a good job and then just live until you die. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. then take it a step further, the expectation is, you know, uh, we, we start calculating, you know, well, can I start collecting the Social Security at 62 and a half or is it 65 or... So the entire culture is geared toward a mundane, purposeless life. Yeah. And then retirement and sitting on our can watching, you know, binge watching reruns of some series on TV. And so to me, this is not strategic living. This is not purposeful living. This mm -hmm. is not, in mm -hmm. my, my, from my perspective, this is not godly living. This is not pursuing the kingdom. Yeah. This is just autopilot. And so that's really why I think this comes around. Here's my thing. Bible says you'll know a tree by its fruit. Mm -hmm. So I've been on a quest for 54 years now, probably not that long, let's say 35 years long as I've been an adult, I've been trying to find anybody, 
even one example where that formula of autopilot, you know, college degree, get a good job, you know, has has borne itself out in the fruit of happiness, happiness fulfillment, joy. significance, mm-hmm. joy, prosperity, all, all satisfaction. These, I'm yes. telling you, I I'm like people are demanding that we pursue that that path, yet they can't point to mm-hmm. is it working for anybody? Yeah. And so I, I'm one of these guys where if, if something ain't working, I'm going to call it like I see it, and I'm going to challenge it because... You almost called it live. <laughs> I almost called it live. Yes, I did. <laughs> so th- this idea of, of, of just floating through life and taking what comes, uh, so many people that meant well, that do love God, have gone to their graves unfulfilled, and to me that is not what we need to be doing. Yeah, I, I often use the phrase... Are you doing life or is life doing you? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And so I love the idea of strategic because it puts the ball back in your court. It, it reminds you that you have authority and that you don't have to live your life victimized no. by um, the system or your job or your even your degree or your education. Well, the, my degree or my education is in this. And that in some regard, people become victimized by yeah. their own education yeah. and they don't think outside of that box or see outside of that box. So... I'm excited to to use terms that you know that come from more secular psychology. Uh, we we have abdicated our power, our God given power, and allowed someone else to tell us what we should think, how we should behave, and what we should expect out of mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. When the fact is, is that God has given each of us the power and the authority, as you just mentioned that word, to to literally script out and walk or walk out the script that was already. It designed for us from the beginning of time, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, I, I I just, I feel like that you mentioned the victim thing. If you're not happy where you are right now, and if you tend to grumble, complain, or border on depression or discouragement even, whatever you want to qualify that as, because the, the life you're currently living is not doing it for you, I want to just jump in here and say this right in your face. Mm-hmm. You can change it. No one is holding a gun to your head keeping you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one is has the authority or the power to mandate that you remain unhappy, mm-hmm. unsatisfied, unfulfilled. It is, and I will tell you this even a step further, I don't believe it's God's plan for you to be in that state. So my thing is, is that do something about it. Make yeah. a decision. Get after some strategic living, some intentional living, and we're going to give you sort of a track to run on to do that here Mm -hmm. in this series. I'm going to sidestep for a moment because I've been reading through the scriptures chronologically, and I wrote my devotional that's coming out tomorrow. Um, I wrote about um, Abram, and when God speaks this promise and says, you'll be the father of many nations, and he says, how will I know this? And so he says, prepare for me the the carcasses, and he's about to Mm -hmm, do this covenant, mm -hmm. right? And he's about to seal the deal and say, like, this is how you're going to know my promise is true. But it's interesting as Abram gets all the pieces in place and he gets the preparations and the components for the promise, for the sealing of the promise in position, the Bible says that there were vultures that came Mm -hmm. and began to peck at, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) probe at, try to eat, steal Mm -hmm. the preparations, the components for the promise. But the key to me was that it says, but Abram drove them away. Yeah. Which is very interesting because I think that's what, exactly what we're talking about is a lot of people will sit in that place and be like, oh, shoot, I guess I'm not my promise isn't going to happen because every time I try and build something, it's like the man with the, in the pool of Beth, Bethesda. He's like, every time I try and get there, mm-hmm. somebody else gets there before me. 
But I was really um, impressed by, I mean, I was impressed by many things. Number one, that carcasses or vultures are going to feed on flesh, right? So when we oh, make yeah. room for the flesh, that's when the carcasses and the oh, vultures yeah. will come and try and them. steal. Mm -hmm. They will try and steal the preparations, the components to the promise, no because doubt. that's part of us, and you're going to be talking about that. But I was very impressed by the fact that God could have kept those vultures from coming. Sure. He certainly could have drove, driven them away with a flick of his finger or a puff of his breath. But Abram drove them away. Yep. And, yep. and I think that speaks a lot to what you're saying here is like we have the power. Like a lot of you are sitting there and you're allowing depression, discouragement, frustration, disappointment, <clears throat> uh, fear, whatever it is to kind of peck, 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 peck. And you're sitting in that place going, well, I keep trying to... Um, bring God the, the components or work with God or partner with God and you're waiting on God to drive some things away that God has given you the authority to drive away and and I, I read I researched just for fun like what is the best way to drive a vulture away and it, it said anything big and loud right mm -hmm. so I kind of got this visual I was chuckling at Abram just being like <laughs> you know like driving these guys away but I'm like you know what we could use a little bit more of that in yeah. our life just being yeah. big and loud and driving the devil back from your life so I'm, I'm going to jump out here because, and, and Lisa knows me, and <laughs> some of you that have been watching my videos before know me, uh, I, I am aggravated to no end when I think about how many Christians mm -hmm. uh, begin praying, asking God to do something that we are responsible to do. That's good. And, and I think that it's a, it's a very uh, kind of a messed up sense of reality or a bad theology, if you will, for us to put on God what He has put on us. So good. It's so good. And so God, God has given us the, the inheritance of the entire earth mm -hmm. and everything that dwells in it, mm -hmm. right? And yet we're asking Him to manage or to govern or to rule over or to, to do what He has given us the responsibility to tend to. Mm -hmm. And I think I think about the Apostle Paul. One, I mean, gosh, there's so many good things about the mind. We got to do a series one day on the mind. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll do it. You and I'll have fun with that. We'll do it. But but one of the things he says, gird up the loins of your mind. So it's an instruction, and and an indication that it's not God's job to gird up the loins of your mind. Paul also said, taking every thought captive. You got to take every thought. You have to cast down imaginations. So the the thing about it is, is that we're we and don't don't judge me here. I, I believe in prayer. I believe in intercession. I believe in all these things. But much of what yep. we have assigned to the area of prayer, warriorness, and intercession has little to do with really needing to pray to ask God to intervene. It's really about us activating and doing what we're already empowered to mm -hmm. do. And so this this so goes good. back to this strategic living piece. And some mm -hmm. of us are going to have to shift our minds a little bit yeah. and adopt a little bit different theology that. Uh, when you are saved, even spirit-filled, that doesn't mean that everything's just going to come to you. Sometimes you've got to take authority, yeah. take ownership, and make some things happen. Mm -hmm. That's intentional living. That's strategic living. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So uh, how does this whole strategic living thing apply to us? Well, it applies in every area of life. Uh, Lisa mentioned a moment ago, just, uh, you know, it applies to your business life if you own a business. It applies to, if you're an employee, it applies to your work environment. Even though you are subject to the employment standards there and what you're, what's expected of you, you bring salt to that environment. You bring light to an environment. And so it applies to that environment. It applies to, applies to your marriage, to your family relationships, uh, to uh, your, your finances, to the wealth. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. God will multiply and prosper you, but God's not going to multiply and prosper zero. He's going to That's multiply good. and prosper what you have generated in the seeds you plant. He will bless the work of 
your hands. That's good. You see? That's so good. So, That's so all, good. I'm, this, looking, I'm, I'm like, hold on, I need to take some notes. <laughs> he will not multiply zero. He will not multiply zero. That's so interesting. He, he's, so, so, I mean, I, I say this, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not going to get off in the weeds here, but those of us that are, that are uh, you know, have the, the motto, you can't win if you don't play when it comes to the lottery. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess God could do that. <laughs> but my experience and what I see in the Word is, is that God blesses the work of your hands. So we, we bring to Him something to work with, and then He can multiply that. And mm-hmm. so we have to do our part. So when it comes to our money, wealth generation, generational wealth, mm-hmm. let's put it that way, uh, all these things, God will bless what we bring to the table. So our stewardship and our mastery of these things all require strategic living. We have to think, we have to have a plan and work the plan and grow the plan and, and adapt to the plan, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it applies to our leadership, wherever we, whether it's in government or in the, the teaching classroom. This strategic living piece applies to every single mm-hmm. area of your life. Your success in life and your fulfillment in life is not a matter of chance or accident. It it will success, significance, fulfillment, happiness, joy, fruit, money, all these things are going to come as a result of you having mm. watch this Habakkuk, write the vision, make it plain, have a strategy, be really clear on what it is and then execute it. Run with it. Then you it. can run yep. with it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a strategic plan or strategic structure put together, then you can't run. You're going to be walking your whole life, okay? But God is calling us to a place of deeper thinking, deeper execution, and much greater fruit, and I believe we can have that really, really well. Okay. So let me just, can I can I just throw out, tease what the four cornerstones Absolutely. are? Absolutely. Okay, so here's... What are they? What are these four cornerstones? Here are these foundational elements that I believe every man and every woman should consider as they are building out their ideal life based on God's purpose and God's plan as it's been revealed Mm -hmm. to you, okay? Mm -hmm. So the first cornerstone is the first cornerstone for a very specific reason, which we'll talk about in our next video, but the first cornerstone is personal healing. Excuse me, personal healing. Uh, You cannot give what you don't have, and it's very difficult to operate out of brokenness or incapacitation. And so personal healing is a cornerstone that we, we really in, uh, encourage people work through because uh, if I am operating out of uh, incapacitation, that I'm going to transfer at very best limited results, right? Uh, so personal healing is number one. Number two is personal discovery. This, this speaks to who am I, why am I here? Uh, it speaks to how has God uniquely wired me, my personality, my, my talents, my skills, my abilities. What things am I drawn to naturally? What things when I'm doing those things just light me up like a Christmas tree? And then on the other side of the coin, what things when I'm doing them, it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, what I don't enjoy What makes you tick and what ticks you off? See, I love that. I love that. <laughs> per- so it, it's really, it, it goes back to Socrates. You know, I think, I think it's been accredited to him that he said, know thyself. And so you, you really need to know who you are understand your makeup, understand your DNA, if you will, all right? The third cornerstone is personal development. Boy, this is a big one for me, Lisa. I, I, I'm amazed at the people that will spend 30, 40, 50 bucks to go see a movie and grab a big old popcorn and a supersized Coca-Cola uh, and some, some candy at, at the movies and do a movie night, but they won't spend $20 on a book that will change their life, that will mm-hmm. grow them, that will challenge them, that will mm-hmm. add tools to their tool chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it, it, it boggles the mind. I don't understand a culture of people who, who th- 
who get to a certain age and whether consciously or unconsciously, they believe that they have arrived now. What life has given me to this point is what I have and I'm not growing anymore. I'm just gonna have to learn to manage things with what I've got. Mm -hmm. Where personal growth and personal development never stops. Living things grow, growing things change. The moment you stop growing is the day you die, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if you if you want to continue to expand your territory, expand your boundaries, your tent stakes, mm-hmm. if you will, then it's going to require you and I to apply ourselves reading books, going to seminars, taking online courses, mm-hmm. uh, having a personal coach. We'll talk about all these things in that segment. The point is, though, is that personal development is a lost art. Mm-hmm. And it's it really frightens me that this generation coming up now doesn't understand the value of that. Yeah. And the last one, of course, is personal deployment. Uh, I'll put it like this. Uh, guys that go into the military, guys and gals go into the military, and they train, 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 train in boot camp. Then they go to... Then they go over to uh, a specialty school, wh- whatever their, their specialty is going to be. They train, 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 train for sometimes three and four years mm-hmm. before they're deployed into an arena where their specific skill sets are much needed, mm-hmm. right? So you have the personal development side of, of that deployment, which comes prior to full deployment. But once you have been healed, once you've discovered who you are, why you're here, and you understand really how you're wired and what your gifts are, then once you've developed those gifts, really grown yourself, continue to grow yourself, then you can be effective in your field of deployment. So this is kind of the framework we're going to be working with these next couple of weeks, and I I hope you're going to be uh, with us to, to explore those together. Awesome. Well, I am looking forward to learning more about these. Obviously, again, I've read the book, um, but you can always hear more. If you are interested in getting this book, you can find it on Amazon. It is called The Four Cornerstones of Strategic Living by Brian Holmes. I would also recommend a lot of things that you have mentioned in here, my book, Enforcing Purpose, talking about how to write down the vision, how to put those strategic steps together, how to really begin moving in towards um, your passions and your purposes. All right, so that sums it up for today. The next episode, we're going to be talking about personal healing. Yep. Personal healing. Until next time, remember, Enforcing Purpose, it starts with you.